Acts 5, 1 through 11. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property with his wife's full knowledge. He kept back part of the of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it to the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart and that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money all your money at your disposal? Disposal. What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then the young men came forward, wrapped up his body, and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. Peter said to her, How could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in and came in and, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the the whole church and all who heard about these events. You may be seated. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing the study on Book of Acts. KM is doing uh, Acts 5, 12 through 16. I, I preached the message on the passage today. And we're way back, I mean, way behind. So I try to close the gap. So I skip few, you know, sermons and I, I am on this topic. I was kind of like uh, hesitant because this is a topic that, you know, the message that many people, when you first hear this message, you get a little kind of uh, confused. Uh, this is one of the passages that, that uh, makes feel uncomfortable. I mean, you know, let me share a little bit background about, about this story. When the church started, Holy Spirit came upon them, and they were filled with Holy Spirit, and they were devoting themselves to apostle teaching. They were worshiping God together. They gathered together and all, you know, you know, in prayer in one unison, and they, uh, they don't claim their own possession as their own. They started selling them and bringing that to uh, the apostles' feet and helping people up. So in the early church, I mean, think about the church. I mean, even our church, we have many different people, right? Educated, maybe uneducated, rich or poor. Uh, I'm sure there's, there are family from uh, palace or a slave. They were in the church. And uh, even though there are poor people in the church, their needs were all met because of fellow brothers and sisters in the church. I mean, that is amazing community, right? And uh, when they bring the, when they selling their property to bring that before the apostle fit, that was kind of, you know, there was the profession of their faith. I no longer uh, want to be controlled by the money. Possession, but I want to control over the possession. So it was more like kind of professing their faith. I mean, isn't that awesome? This is the text that I, yeah, this is the text. There were no needy persons among them, for from time to time those who own lands or houses sold them, 
brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had needed. And after the verse 30, 35, uh, there was a guy uh, named Barnabas. Actually, his name was Joseph, but they, named, they gave him the nickname Barnabas, meaning son of encouragement. And, and, and all of a sudden, this author, the Luke, he just introduced this guy, Barnabas. He was recognized by many people in the early church. So everyone knew who Barnabas was. And I, I, I guess this couple, Anani and Sapphira, they want to be like Barnabas. They want to get a recognition. So he did exactly the same thing. He sold his property and, and, and took some and, and brought that to apostles. And Peter rebuked him. And he just collapsed and he died. Oh my goodness, how can you understand this passage? You know, it would be nice if the story goes like this. When Peter rebuked Ananias, he felt so bad. So he repented. God gave him a second chance. So uh, he repented and God was blessing his life. I mean, that would be nice, right? But it didn't go like that. He just collapsed and died. His wife, same thing happened to his wife. How can you understand this passage? He gave and died. What if he didn't sell his property? What if he didn't give? He probably lived, right? He died because he gave. And Bible says, you know what? He gave with wrong motivation. I mean, how do you really see this passage? How do you understand this passage? I, I'm glad the fact that it happened only once in Book of Acts. What if every time we lie, every time we take some portion from God, and God just, you know, just take our lives away? I don't think anyone would worship God here today, right? You don't want to, how, I mean, I don't want to give anything to God. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm so glad the fact that I, it, it just happened once in the book of Acts, chapter 5. Just like Jesus called out Nazareth from the tomb. That happened once. Just like Jesus turned the you know, water into wine. Once. Remember the favorite party that Jesus was, he was having, you know, communion with his disciples? He was drinking wines, right? You know what? I want to provide premium, you know, high quality of, you know, wine today. So let's, let's change the you know, water into wine. He didn't do that, right? It just happened. You know, the, 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 he turned water into wine at the wedding at the canon. That, that, that was the only happening once. And this story happened once. Why did it happen once? I'm sure there was a lesson that we need to know and we need to learn. And I simply want to share uh, this lesson today. This is kind of heavy topic today. But I you know, named this title as, Did Anania and Sapphira Have to Die? That's the question. And I, want, I want you to an, you know, answer the question at the end of my sharing. And I'll just share a few points. The essence of church is holiness. Because of this, because of this uh, church, I believe that incident took place. Now a man named Ananias, now a man, this guy, uh, uh, 
he was just ordinary churchgoer. When you look at the Greek word in man, it was just just ordinary person. But he wasn't uh, like leadership figure in early Jerusalem church. And Anania means God is graceful. What a name, right? God is merciful. Together with his wife, Sapporo. Sapporo means beautiful one. And sometimes, you know, after I read this passage, the thought came to my mind was, we can have a good name, good reputation. I'm a Christian, you know. I'm a churchgoer. But that doesn't really mean much. Anyway, this Sapporo, they sold a piece of uh, property. And, and Luke chose this ordinary man named um, Anania and spent, uses like uh, 11 verses in book of Acts 5. And what are you trying, what is the intention? What are you trying to teach us here? Why is he spending that many verses? What is his intention? You know, it was a very important incident for early church. Through this incident, the early church was in the stage whether they will continue to keep their church pure and holy or another route that will lead to destruction of following Satan's schemes, Satan's way. Think about this. On the day of Pentecost, God initiated his church. It was God's thing, right? It was God's idea. He started church, church in Jerusalem. And God was telling his people, you have to keep the purity. You have to be holy, for I am holy. Remember, I mean, in the Old Testament, he always used that you know, expression to the people of Israelite. He was telling his people, hey, be holy, I'm holy. But reality is we're not holy. Amen. Right? But you kept insisting to us, you have to keep yourself holy. Because that's God thing. But when we say holy, it doesn't mean uh, perfection. It is a mode of set apart from the world. You know, when we use the term church, church is the, this is the definition of the church. Ecclesia means people call out from the, from the uh, uh, world and to God. That's what ecclesia means. So he called us out from the darkness and, and set us apart as a church. And he's telling us, you should keep holiness because that's your identity. We are called out from the world to God, to be set apart. That is our identity. Many scholars, Bible scholars, compare Ananias and a guy named Achan in Joshua, in Old Testament. Remember uh, when uh, Israelites conquered the Jericho? They were excited because God was giving the land to the hands of Israelites. But God told Israelites, you have to destroy everything. All the item, money, whatever, you have to destroy. But this guy named Achan, he saw the stuff and he, he, he liked it. So he took some, he stole some and hid under the ground. And after 
they conquered the Jericho, they have to move on to conquer another, another uh, ca you know, castles, another cities. And I was a very tiny city. But when they tried to conquer the, the, the city of Ai, they couldn't. They lost a big time. And J Joshua was so upset, and he, 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 he uh, kneeled down before the God and cried to God, God, how come we lost the battle? What happened? And God revealed the truth, and he gave this passage. Israel have, has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I command them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They haven't st have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possession. See this expression, they have stolen, they have lied. Same expression. You know, as you know, Old Testament is written in Hebrews, right? But there's translation, Greek translation, which are called subtulgion, the early translation. That translation uses exactly the same word that happens in, in Ananias' story. You have stolen and you have lied. Why is it so big deal to God? Why can he compromise this holiness thing? Because this is God thing. We have to understand. God is God. God is holy. And what he demands us from the church, especially early stage of church, you know, the, as a nation, they have to conquer the, you know, there's a land as a nation at the beginning stage their weapon was keeping the holiness as a church as they begin as they start a brand new church what they have to keep was the holiness because this is what God initiated this is what God started this is God thing that's why and he's demanding us you know, your weapon is not your mighty hands or you experience your uh, swords and you know, guns. Your weapon is holiness. And this is very challenging, heavy stuff. But God is demanding us as a church. And second point I want to share was God hates hypocrisy. Hypocrisy was the word used in Greek theater. You know, when there, uh, it actually meant playing uh, acting. The, the actors, they used to wear uh, the mask, big mask, so people can see from far. They were, and sometimes actors, they have more than one role, so they switch the mask, and they play with you know, different boys and all that. And there are some tendencies the phenomenon take place. If, we, if you keep Wearing the mask, there's tendency taking you can use your true identity. It's kind of interesting stuff. There was actually a person named Pauline Clance. She wrote a book called Imposter Phenomenon. You know, she mentioned among medical doctors, do you have medical doctors here? Lawyers, politicians, and top executives of major companies, over 70% of them are suffering this illness, putting the mask. They're losing their, they're confused with their true identity. I was like, what about us? What about Christians? I think we have a high tendency to be like wearing the mask. Sometimes on Sunday, we have, oh, this Sunday mask. Hello, everyone. God bless you. <laughs> you know, you know it's, oh, this is Monday. You know, you're losing our true identity. And notice verse 4 here. Uh, 
I mean this bow. Okay, I went too far. Can we go back? Yeah, he said, didn't it belonging belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? It was yours. Even after this, it was yours. What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to man, but to God. I mean, how did he start this thing? Maybe he wanted to be like Barnabas. Maybe he has envy hard toward Barnabas. He wanted to get recognition by others. It was wrong motivation, right? But God, people were saying, hey, you end up lying to God. He was pointing, desire to get recognition by others that can end up lying to God. Maybe they didn't really discover, they didn't really care much about how God sees them. They were maybe you know, too much concerned. They were of other, how others sees them. Sometimes we come to church uh, not seeking God. I mean, you know, fellowship is so important, right? But if fellowship become major thing, God will not be pleased. God hates hypocrisy. That kind of lifestyle that you know leads to hypocrisy. And did you know Jesus rebuked hypocrisy more than any other sins? When you look at like passage like this. All to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. In today's text, all to you, you pastors, church leaders. I mean, like whenever I read kind of this passage, like, is he talking about me? You know, like, you hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tomb, which look beautiful on outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Wow. Difference between Abraham and his nephew, not. What was the difference? God told Abraham to leave his hometown, right? So he left, meaning he was looking at God. But Lot didn't. Looking at God, Lot was actually looking at Abraham. That's the difference. What do you see? Are we seeing God when it comes to worship, or are we seeing others? Do you know uh, why people get tempted, or they got like disappointment and tempted uh, attending church? Because they're looking at people, not God. If you start looking at God, you don't get tempted. You don't get disappointed by, by others. Sometimes you get disappointed, right? I get disappointed by pastors, you know, and people. I hear a lot of, you know, I mean, it wasn't really from my church, but I hear people really express that kind of, you know, expression. No, if you look at God, you don't get disappointed. Last point I want to share. We have to know who is behind. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it the Satan has so filled your heart? You know, the Satan has so filled your heart, the expression is the same expression that Paul, the Luke used, filled with the Holy Spirit. And have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept the, yourself some of the money you received from the land. Uh, we are 
under the spiritual attack all the time. Do you know that? Yes, under spiritual. If you gave your life to Christ, even if you didn't, I think we are still living in spiritual you know, realm. And there's spiritual warfare is going on all the time. From outside, we got a church being attacked from outside. Recently, the church in Sri Lanka, right, got bombed by the terrorists. They think they can lead a church, but no way. History proved it. Whenever we got attacked by outside outsiders, we always, you know, become more stronger. But we become so weak when we got attacked from within, inside. You hear so many stories, right? The church, the immigrant church, the Korean American churches, the split, church splits all the time. I was thinking, I was so grateful. Past 15, 16 years I've been ministering KM. Oh, I'm, thank God we didn't have any church split. Within. Same thing applied to individual. It is up to us. You know, choices to us. You have, cho- cho- you, have, you have a choice whether you choose God or choose Satan. I'm not kidding. We have a choice all the time. I have a choice all the time. I hope and pray that we can choose God. You know, you have to understand who is behind. Uh, are you gossiping? We love gossiping, right? So tasteful. So tasteful. When you're gossiping, wow, so you feel great, right? You have to be aware who's behind when, whenever you're gossiping others. Are you cussing people when they cut in? Am I the only one? <laughs> you know, when that happens, I think two things. You need a vacation. <laughs> Meaning, you're so tired. So like, oh, so I'm you know, I, I, you know, I see that like, so I'm like, you know, I usually say, bless you, brother. Bless you, sister. Maybe you're in a hurry. You know, I, I bless you. But when I'm really exhausted and tired, spiritually or physically, I just, like, without just knowing, it's just like, boom. It's like, wow. Is that me? You know, that means you need a break. You need a vacation. You need, you know. You know. Or you have to be aware. Somebody just can't control the anger. It's not really the person's, you know, like, the temperament, or you know, yeah, maybe it's a spiritual issue. He has to deal with it. Or she or she. Satan's strategy is always the same. He wants to destroy. He wants to kill. That's why verse 5 says, When Ananiah heard this, he fell down and died. And great fear seized all who feared what happened. That's Satan's strategy. And is try to destroy and kill. Let me conclude this passage. I love this verse 11. Do you have verse 11? No, we don't have it. Let me read it. Great fear, oh, okay, the, the bottom part was, great fear sees all who heard what had happened. That's verse 11. You know, this is a reverential fear. God doesn't want his children to be afraid of God all the time. No, no. He wants us to have really, uh, have a reverential fear. Meaning, we have to live before him. What have, you know, some Korean uh, like reality show that 24 hours they are faming, you know, like celebrities, right? Then you like, I, I, I'm sure they they are very aware of their their feeling that uh, they have a you know shooting, right? Just like that, you know, we have to be aware. God is watching us. 
Not just, you know, like, since he's watching me, I have to really, it's not that kind of life, but it's like, just enjoying his presence. God, you are watching me. That's why I can't be patient. I don't have to bust my anger because I know you're watching me, Lord. Let me ask you once again. Did they have to die? What do you think? Did Ananias have to die? My answer is this. If that question applied to my life, yes, definitely. I want my hypocrisy to die. I want my lie to die. I want envy, jealousy, Satan's influence to die so that I can live. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord, through this instant, we learned uh, the essence of church's holiness. Yet, Lord God, we are not holy. The reality is we are far from holy, Lord. Therefore, Father God, we need you, Lord God. We want you, Lord God. We want you to fill us up, Father God, so that whatever we say, whatever we do, whatever we act, can be true to you, Lord God. I know you hate hypocrisy, Lord, yet we are so double-minded, so we have that spirit, Father God. We admit our shortcomings. Would you, Lord, forgive us? Would you, Lord, mold us to be more like you, Lord God. Make us genuine, Father God. Help us to live fit for you every moment of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.